G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're going to be talking today about a renewed spiritual awakening here in Australia. Now, if you're somebody who regularly prays for Australia, for the forward momentum of the gospel and the spiritual climate changing, there is some very positive news. A new report highlights an increasing spiritual openness as one in three Australians are thinking more about God as a result of the pandemic. The research was conducted by McCrindle Research and it also found that two-thirds of Australians are likely to attend a church service either online or in person if personally invited by a family or member or a friend. Well, Australians are experiencing a renewed spiritual awakening with three in ten praying more since the pandemic. A third of Australians have thought more about God and three in ten have prayed more. We're going to be talking about this research, this report with Sophie Renton, who is a leading social researcher and managing director of McCrindle Research, Sophie is the author of this latest report. Sophie, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be with you today. Sophie, we should get excited when there's some really valid survey research that's being done. Perhaps you can fill us in here a little bit about your survey because you surveyed thousands and uh, some listeners will be saying, well, did they survey anyone from my town? How do you describe the survey that was undertaken? Yeah, it's a great question, Neil, and we actually really believe in the importance of understanding a data set so that you can understand the insights. So for us, when we uh, consider researching and when we want to tell the story of Australians, we typically go with a nationally representative survey. Now, for us, nationally representative survey means one where we have 50% male and 50% female respondents. We have our generational quotas, so we ensure that we've got the voice of our young Australians and our older Australians represented to the proportion that they are within our population. And the same with our states, that we have uh, the correct state representation. So if we think or if we know that 32% of our Australia's population lives in New South Wales, then 32% of our 1,000 survey respondents are from New South Wales. So for us, this helps us be able to confidently say that this is the voice of Australians. Sophie, the value of having actual evidence, uh, this is something as a social researcher you are very, very mindful of because uh, there can be opinions about what's going on, there can be rumours about what's happening. Uh, We might call that anecdotal evidence. People are saying what they think, but how about the value of having actual evidence like you've now got? Yes, that is one of the key powers of data. Anecdotal evidence is important and it does give a a sense or a feeling of what's going on. But we know that in society, so much gets amplified now from maybe uh, what is not necessarily held by such a large number of people. 
So with the power of evidence and data, particularly of the voice of a thousand Australians, that helps uh, maybe reduce some of that amplification of some of those uh, lesser held perspectives or viewpoints. And it, it really gives that broader picture of what Australians overall are thinking and helps uh, not just those that are speaking the loudest to get heard, but we often talk about giving the voice, uh, giving voice to the voiceless through our surveys and through our platforms. And for a large number of Australians, they're, they're just happy. They're cruising. They're going along. They've got thoughts, but they're not going to shout them from the rooftops. And our surveys give voice to that and they help decision makers, leaders and just general society understand what maybe that voice of the silent majority of Australians think. And if we understand where we're at today and if there's something to base uh, something, some details, some data maybe from the past, uh, how does that help us to plan the the sorts of things we might plan as Christian believers for the future? Yeah, we uh, often actually, as uh, social researchers and at Macrindle, we're often referred to as futurists, which is an interesting term for us because no one can truly tell the future. Um, The days are, are unknown. But what we do is we look at the past as a prerequisite of what potentially could happen if the trends either stay the same or if those trends could shift and change. And that helps us actually understand what the future could look like if this trend continues or what would it take for something to shift and to change. So we really do believe in the power of looking back to be able to look forward and understanding the history and the foundation of where we've come from to be able to tell the story of what's coming next. Sophie, give us some context here because this is an unusual time, I guess, in Australia's history because uh, we've got the COVID pandemic that's been going on. That's been causing all sorts of rises in anxiety and all sorts of things that have been happening in the lives of individuals and families and workplaces and whole communities and churches that haven't been able to meet. All sorts of things have been disrupted and uh, a lot of people have suspected that the COVID pandemic would spark a level of interest in God from Australians. Does your research actually confirm that that is the case? Yes, that is what we've found. It's been fascinating to be a social researcher in this time where we've had uh, our world has essentially been press pause on and we've had so much disruption and so much change and it's been an incredibly interesting time to observe human behavior and to understand what we have done in response to some of these changes on such a global scale and what we really found is some of those stats that you were uh, citing off before is that during COVID-19 Australians are spending more time thinking about the meaning of life or 47% have thought about their own mortality a third have thought about God 28% have prayed more than they have before. And it's this time where almost uh, what some of our safety nets have been in the past have been stripped away and our world has been a bit shaken and it has been turned upside down and it's created a, a renewed opportunity for people to consider what truly matters in their life and what they believe is important to them. We already know from census detail, and there'll be new census figures coming out, no doubt, in the new year, but uh, 52% of Australians will identify as Christian. So when your research identifies that uh, there's at least one in three Australians thinking more about God, how does that fit into, do you think, the already existent 
Christianized population that might be thinking about God and sensitive to the sorts of changes that COVID brings? That's a great question. And this response around the third that are thinking more about God does include Christians. So it's not necessarily those that aren't of a faith that are thinking more about God. But I think if we look back on history, any time where people, whoever they are, are thinking more about God, it generally goes well for society. So I think it's still a really positive finding to know that people of faith and those not of faith are considering the the deeper things of life more. And particularly as we explore into some of the uh, different generations, that it is our younger generations have thought about God more, with 44% of Gen Zs thinking about God more during this time uh, compared to 23% of our builders, which is our oldest generations, and 24% of our baby boomers. Now, you might say that um, some of the older generations have a higher propensity to engage with Christianity, so they might already have a higher base of their engagement, so they're not necessarily going to be thinking about God more. But I think it is particularly important to understand that nearly half of Gen Z have thought about God more during this time. Okay, just pause there for a moment on Gen Z, because we're talking about a younger generation. You might have the exact uh, ages of Gen Z, but Gen Z typically is the generation we'd be thinking of as being less Christian than their older generation. So when we're talking Gen Z here and their likelihood to be open spiritually to Christian things, uh, that's pretty significant, isn't it? Yes, it is. This this young generation, they are a really fascinating generation. And, and we dig into this a little bit in the report um, at some of the later stages that for them, they have grown up in this increasingly globally connected world where they have had greater engagements with people of a multitude of different faiths and cultures and backgrounds. And what we've found with this younger generation is that they have an increased openness to spiritual things but they believe that that journey should be private not public and so for them there's a little bit of a, a move away from institutions or possibly religion but spirituality and the exploration of that and that people are entitled to their own private faith uh, the the younger generations are almost championing So when we're talking Gen Z here, uh, the Zoom church services that have been going on because of COVID lockdowns, uh, social media, the way that a younger generation is so into social media, is this something, do you think, that's around the, the technology that's available to a young generation that actually is sparking their interest in a more private form of faith because they can just absorb that or they can participate in things online rather than face to face? Yeah, the the online has been a really interesting, uh, I guess, element of COVID to explore. And and we did a study last year looking at the future of the church, and we interviewed a number of different Christian leaders across the globe. And and one of them, in fact, was Mickey Gumbel, who started Alpha. And he said this really insightful comment around the what online church has created the opportunity for. And he used Zacchaeus as a descriptor for that. The online church has given people the ability to see Jesus without necessarily being seen themselves. 
Now, we know if we actually look at the story of Zacchaeus that Jesus saw Zacchaeus, uh, but that people have been able to observe and explore what faith and, and Christianity is without necessarily having to step through the doors, which could be a bit confronting or a bit nerve-wracking or a bit intimidating. So it's actually created with a digital platform a whole new way of engaging with this generation. Is there evidence that online searching for issues around faith has been on the rise? And could we connect that with this Gen Z data that says, yes, people are interested in faith. They're curious about Christianity. Is that something you can draw a a line between? So I don't have data um, right at the tip of my fingertips around what Gen Z are exploring, but we do know that about 74% of Gen Z's time outside school or work is spent online. So that is a significant proportion of their time. So we could uh, extrapolate or explore that, but the the likelihood that where they're going to get their information around the spiritual things being online would be fairly high considering the significant amount of time that they already spend online. Come back to the general picture for a moment here, Sophie, where we've got that detail that says a third of Australians have thought more about God and three in 10, so 28%, have prayed more. Now, I am imagining here that your research doesn't go into what they might be praying about, uh, but the fact that they're praying more, that is significant in itself. Yes, it is. And it is this broad snapshot which takes the pulse of the nation that just gives us that high-level picture of where people are at in their exploration of faith. And I think what this really highlights is that there was a lot of uncertainty and there still continues to be a lot of uncertainty. And where are people turning in that? And for 28% of Australians, they have actually turned to prayer in that time of uncertainty to uh, find peace or to um, find their way through, which I think is an incredibly encouraging result for people of faith and for churches. And if those prayers are very simple prayers, thinking more about God and praying, God help me because of... I've lost my job, I don't have the hours, Uh, my family is suffering, I'm in lockdown, everyone's anxious, uh, strain on relationships, that sort of prayer that says, God, help me, how ought we be encouraged, do you think? Because we know that when people call out to God for help, when they bring him into their circumstances, good things happen. So uh, I'm not sure... Researched. I'm probably asking your opinion here, but uh, but when people are calling out to God like this, and this is a large number of people uh, praying more, do you think this is significant as we talk about the idea of awakening? I think it is significant. I think we are seeing people actually turn to God in these moments where they don't know what to do. And I think for a long time we have as a society shut God out of so many different areas of our lives and then we've looked at our world and gone it's actually maybe not quite looking like what we would have wanted it to look like but I think when we remove God from the picture we remove so much of God's protection and so much of what he does to look after us individually so I think any moment regardless of what the prayer is or regardless of if it's just help any moment that people turn to God is a good moment and it is bodes well for Australia as a nation because it 
it highlights for us that we, we know that we can't do it all in our own strength. And that is the first step for starting to see God move on our behalf is when we actually invite him into that equation. So I find it very encouraging to know that for so many Australians, they're starting to invite God into their situation. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. We're talking a renewed spiritual awakening here in Australia. It's a significant conversation to have and your opportunity to join in and be a part of it. You might have a question, you might have a comment, you might have a critique, you might have your own impression about what's happening in your town or your city around the spiritual awakening we're talking about today. Our special guest is Sophie Renton. Sophie's a leading social researcher, managing director of McCrindle Research and the author of this latest report. Sophie, when we talk about the change, uh, sometimes, you know, a change in the season, a change in the wind, a spiritual awakening coming, you've got some impression from your research that people are turning a little bit away from the focus on materialism and asking more about things of meaningfulness. How do we describe that from the research? Yeah, it's a great question, Neil, and that has probably been one of the most encouraging things I think I have seen throughout this last 18-month, nearly two-year period of observing Australia's response to COVID-19, where earlier we were discussing around that spiritual search that people have gone on and they've prayed more and they've they've thought about God more. But the other element of that that we have really seen is that shift from materialism to meaning. As we've worked from home, as our offices have closed down, as um, school community and sport has really paused, as so much of life has been put on pause, people have really reassessed so much of what they do, what they fill their time with and gone, does that matter? Is that what we really um, care about? And one of the really encouraging things we found is that for 79% of Australians, uh, COVID has clarified the relationships into which they want to spend their time. And for 79%, the experience of COVID has positively strengthened their family, household and relationships. So in a time where we could have, I guess, drawn away from the people that we loved. And there, there has been that. There have definitely been challenges and there has been some relational breakdown during this time. I'm not denying that. But for nearly four in five Australians, it's really amplified the priority and the desire of people to invest in the relationships that they care about. That's so encouraging because so often we've been hearing about uh, the rising anxiety and the rising tensions and uh, when families have been locked down together, all sorts of things have been happening and usually uh, those bad things make the headlines. But there's something special in this uh, that you're reflecting from this research that there are a lot of families that actually have been strengthened in this time and not weakened. And that's in itself is a very, very powerful uh, thought to have. Yes, and I think, you know, being stuck at home with your family can go one of two ways. Um, But for a large amount of Australians, that extended period of time, the flexibility with work from home, and particularly for some of our Gen Xs who, you know, were leaving uh, early to go to work, they were managing, juggling kids. Now, that has been a challenge for them to uh, work from home and to homeschool. But it has also created new opportunities. And I think whenever we look at any situation, there are always pros and there are cons. And I know for many families, they looked at their situation and said, this is a challenge. 
but how can we actually use it to our advantage and what can we learn from it and how can we look back on this time and really appreciate the memories that we've created um, and use it to strengthen us. Interesting to reflect on the pandemic itself because uh, the threat of dying uh, does make people think about God. Uh, There's all sorts of sayings, you know, there are no atheists in foxholes, Uh, there are no atheists on death row, and and all of the fear-mongering that's gone from even both sides of the debate, you know, uh, if you get COVID, you might die. Uh, Then there's another side of the debate, the anti-vax side that says, if you take the vaccine, you might die. Uh, All sorts of things that have been uh, causing us to think about our own mortality. And this research that you've done actually reflects on people's thoughts about their mortality. How does that work with the, the research? Yeah, people have really taken this time to to take stock and to reflect on their own mortality and I guess to see to think about almost am I am I happy with my life or am I happy with what I've done? Have I have I spent and invested my time on the right things? And you know, we don't want to live out of fear. That's no way to live in and there have definitely been challenges with the amount of fear that has been created in our society over this last 18, 24 month period. But I think one of the benefits, and if we can um, not take it to its extreme of being so influenced by that fear, but to let it just, I guess, remind us of our own mortality and our own finiteness. Of We only have a set number of days or time on this earth. We don't know when that moment is, but how do we live it well? Regardless if we've got a faith or not, how do we actually use the, do the best with the time that has been entrusted to us? And I think for many Australians, they have taken the time to reflect on that and to consider how they, they can set up their lives so that they can spend their time on the things that matter to them. Our talkback line is open. 1-800-316-316. Love to hear from you. Let's take a call. Vanessa is in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales. Hello, Vanessa. Welcome along. Hello. How are you today? Very well, Vanessa. You're listening to our conversation. What are your thoughts? What's happening in the Blue Mountains? Well, in the Blue Mountains, there's, there's a varied degree of people like myself who aren't able to return back to work because we're choosing not to follow um, the majority of the vaccinated at the moment. And in, in terms of that, I believe that what is hidden will be revealed, which is obviously very well known in the Bible. And in terms of my, my past, I had never read the Bible a year ago. So that's my, that's my history. And I have found it so profound. The first six months of the lockdown, I was sorting my marriage because all the little bits that weren't working when we were in lockdown just came up. So again, what was hidden was revealed. And I had great help. And it's just been wonderful. So still in this amazing marriage, my husband who started reading a Bible three years ago, and do you know why he started to read it? You better tell us. To disprove it. <laughs> and he has found, and I have found, so of our children, it's, you can't. 
You actually can't. It makes so much sense. And your guest today, she's spot on the mark. So the research is reflective of people like us, of young families who have been put in a situation for 18 months and we've been blessed with guidance and understanding a lot more about life and about Jesus and about the Bible. Vanessa, it is so refreshing to hear from you. Uh, Sophie, your thoughts for Vanessa? I'm just sitting here with the biggest smile on my face. Thank you so much for sharing that, Vanessa. It is so encouraging just to hear your story and to to hear the personal anecdotes of of what our research says. And, and one of the things we often talk about with, with data is it, it tells us what's going on, but the personal stories tell us the why and give us the experience and give us the colour. So thank you for adding just another layer and dimension to the conversation today. Okay, wonderful things happening in the Blue Mountains. Vanessa, thank you so much for your call. And just before we move on, we'll take another call in just a moment. Uh, the One of the things that we might appreciate from awakenings of the past is that when someone opens the Bible, it's been gathering dust on the bookshelf uh, for many years because it never made sense before. When you open the Bible and it begins to make sense, that's significant because awakening is about this idea of people becoming awakened to the things of God. Uh, just a quick comment from you, uh, Sophie, before we move on. Yes, that, that concept of, of awakening is what we're seeing across Australia, is people just taking that first step to explore maybe something that they haven't explored before. And I think that's incredibly encouraging for our society. Let's take another call. Nick is in St Albans in Victoria. Need to be quick. Nick, it's nearly news time. What's your thought? Uh, first, I want to tell you, Nick, um, Neil, I'm a very happy child of God. In 30 years that I'm Christian, and I know God exactly, I'm talking to God through the Bible. I pray to God every day, every night, every evening, every morning. Uh, talking about mortality, all these things, uh, it's, a, it's a big uh, um, big thing talking about that. People don't know, even, even they have uh, uh, insurance for car, for, for house, but they have to have insurance for life, everlasting life. It's only in the Bible. And many researchers, many, many uh, big names like Alexander the Great and Suleiman the Great, and, but God is only great, look for that everlasting life. It is for nothing in the Bible. costs nothing, because Jesus guarantee God took him after three days, and God is God of the one that he takes people from the grave. Nick, wonderful to hear your insight. I've got to cut in. We're about to go to news. Our special guest this hour is Sophie Renton. Sophie is a leading social researcher and managing director of McCrindle Research and author of this latest report. Now, Sophie, just before we move on and uh, develop some more thoughts around Australia and a spiritual awakening, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Wendy in Casino in New South Wales. Hi, Wendy. Welcome along. Today, how are you? Very well, Wendy. What are your thoughts? I've got three main points. I was very excited to hear the lady from the Blue Mountains whose marriage has improved during that time. Well, the same thing happened to our marriage. We had a fair, fairly good one before, but not not brilliant. But it's actually thriving now. 
because we had to sort out the little things that needed sorting out when you're living with people in lockdown. That's number one. That was really, really important. Number two, definitely praying more. I've been praying. I've been a prayer for 40 years and always prayed for my family, neighbours, the government. But, you know, I've revved it up so much now I can hardly believe the difference. I mean, morning, noon and night rather than just the odd prayer here and there because I realise how important it is. And the third one, I've got three children, all of whom are saved. I've spent years praying over them. And... And so it wasn't as if they needed to be saved, but they all needed heating up. And every one of them has become uh, renewed during this time in an amazing way. And I'm really, really excited to see what's happening. So for me, it's been a good time. And and this is in Casino. I don't know whether it's happening around, but that's my experience. And I've also written a poem today, which I put on on the website today called The Great Awakening. I actually just wrote and put it on today. So I'm actually feeling the same way as Sophie is. All right. Well, stand by, Wendy. I'm going to get a thought from Sophie, but uh, if your poem's only short, if it's really long, we'll just get one stanza. But get the best one to go and uh, and we'll we'll hear from that. I can't read it because... I can't read it because it's on my phone. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Okay, <laughs> well, I put it on the vision. I put it on the vision website to those who want to hear, to want who want to read it there. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll point people there. Uh, Sophie, uh, this is encouraging. Uh, Wendy and uh, you know the kids—they are already saved, but they needed heating up, and that's what's happened. Is this what happens in an awakening? Yes, this is exactly what our research has been talking about. And once again, thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing your personal experience, which just gives so much more depth to what the the data is saying, that people have really uh, had a chance to reprioritize their lives, to to look at what matters and to uh, take take stock and take time to invest uh, where they can to see the great improvement. And it's just really encouraging. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Wendy. Wendy, thank you so much. Uh, we'll uh, point people to the Vision website uh, or Vision Facebook uh, where they can check out your poem. Wendy from Casino, thank you for great input today. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. What's happening in your community as you're hearing us talk about the official research? Is this reflected in your community? And look, don't be afraid to call in and say, no, that's not happening here. Things are really bad. Love to hear from you on that level as well. So no one's barred from being part of it. Everyone's been very positive so far as to what's been happening. But one 316 And let's just, before we take another call, uh, the idea that in local communities uh, there's a people banding together and uh, becoming more... Uh, friendly, perhaps they were uh, set apart before, but there's there's something happening in community. Your thoughts here, Sophie? Yeah, we have seen over the last eighteen month period, and and maybe even a little bit longer, a real return to local across Australia. Uh, we've seen the rise of the regions as well, and part of that comes back to this this local livable community where people are really prioritising that engagement. We, we saw that 53% of Australians value a strong local community more than they do, did three years ago and, and other research that we've conducted as well where people are prioritising that walkable community, that, that point of shopping local and almost being known by people around them. And, you know, for, for some of us, when we couldn't go further than five kilometres from our homes, we really learnt that local walkable community. And what we've seen from that and the research research is just that people have really been prioritising that that relationship because the greatest 
the largest negative impacts that people had uh, wasn't necessarily on their health during this time, but it was social. And that was rather than financial, mental or their physical health. So there has been this rise in the social challenge and growing sense of loneliness among some Australians during this time as they have been cut off um, with their normal routines and rhythms uh, disrupted. And so we've seen this, this resurgence to local and community connection come from that. Wow. From a disengagement with what's happening locally to a social rise of relationship in your local community. And uh, we might all say, what does that mean for our local church? You might have your own thoughts here, 1-800-316-316. We are gleaning what's happening around the nation so far as the official research and what might be happening in your community. Carol is in Alumba in Cairns, uh, North Queensland. Hello, Carol. Hello. Carol, what's happening in your community and your life? Um. I'm excited because um, one of my aunt's neighbours, a lady who hadn't been to church since she was a child, and she is in her um, like late fifties, up to sixty, has suddenly just like a couple of weeks ago just came to the Lord, and she said to us that she had been wanting to do this, get back to church, all her adult life, but she just didn't know how to or. Um, where to go and she um, and then she started reading the Bible on her own and she didn't know where to start reading so she just read the book of Revelation and then in my town in Gordonville, our little local church there, they, the pastor decided to have a one. it was the first night they deci- he decided to have a um, a service one hour service on the end times and we took her to that and he was preaching on the re- on Revelation, exactly what she was reading. And she started crying, and that's what brought it to the Lord. And also, not only that, in my church in Cairns, we've now almost completed a 40-day and night prayer and fasting. And in my own personal life, I'm a great-grandmother. My two little great-granddaughters, who one's in prep and the other one um, is four, they want to go to church and they want to come to church with me. And so I took them to church the last couple of weeks and I said to them, would you ask mummy and daddy to come along? And so they did. And their parents came this Sunday that just went. Their family came to church with them. And these are my little prep kids. And she wanted to know what communion was and what communion meant. And we're trying to just explain to her about communion. These are these little preps. And I'm just excited. I'm just blown away by the And the questions that my little prep great-granddaughter is asking about God. And, you know, and they're excited about going to children's church. And, you know, to me, this is just awesome. Carol, you are describing... going on in our lives. You're describing what awakening looks like. Sophie, you'd be thrilled to hear what Carol's saying as the social researcher. How do you reflect on those sorts of things? I am definitely thrilled to hear that, Carol. I'm so excited for you and your family and just that, that exactly as you've described it, Neil, that awakening of, of hearts 
seeking and, and turning in a time where we've had natural challenge, it's awakened something in the spiritual to, to, to understand and people are, are taking steps to explore that and, and good on the local church actually being there for, for people to be invited to and to take a step to explore that faith further. Carol in Alumba in Cairns, thank you so much for your call. What a wonderful contribution that's been. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about the official research about awakening. Is this happening in your community too? Let's take another call. Jade is in Perth, WA. Hello, Jade. Hello. Hi, how are you? Very well, Jade. What are your thoughts? That's good. Um, I I do think that there is an awakening, but I also see a real um, attack on on the foundation of families at the moment. Um, I have recently uh, experienced a marital breakdown myself, um, but I also have heard, I thought I was alone, and I, I keep hearing of people whose marriages have broken down, and um, I think that we need a revival in, in definitely in that area. Um, families need to be together. Um, that's the goal. That's, that's, um, it's biblical, and I, I just, in the, in the church, I feel like there is a lot of... Um, of, of failing marriages or broken marriages rather than failing um, and broken families. And I, I think it's something that we as a church need to advocate for and um, and really invest in, I think. Um, yeah, I, that's just been my experience and it, it's quite sad. Jade, this is so good that you've called in and you've drawn attention to this because sometimes we can think of awakening as some sort of special happy clappy event uh, that looks yeah. very nice on the outset. But, you know, we might mm-hmm. uh, anticipate as darkness deepens, the light gets brighter. But as Sophie, yeah. as you're hearing what Jade is saying, uh, what are your thoughts for Jade? Yeah, Jade, it is. Um, I'm sorry to hear your story, and and it is one that has happened around Australia as well. So so you are not alone in that time. But I think what you've identified there around how can the church actually rally together to invest and to help people invest into having um, thriving marriages and relationships, I think, is so crucial because it is. Um, really relational health that I think COVID has identified around what can we do to invest in those relationships and how can we uh, look after the people in our lives well and some of that has, has come to fore um, in, in ways that maybe have been more challenging than for others but I think it's a great uh, identification for what we can focus on and what we can continue to invest into. Jade, thank you so much for alerting us to one of the challenges that is going on in our communities. And let's stay with this for a moment, Sophie, so far as churches go, because there's some positive outlook in your research about how people see the church, but just being seen to be doing nice things or good things on the outset, there's a roll up your sleeves and get practical because there are people like Jade who need the church to be actually functioning in a, in a bigger and better way into the coming year ahead. What are your thoughts here around churches? Yeah, I think the church is so uniquely placed at the moment uh, to really make a difference in Australian communities because uh, we saw that nearly half of Australians have seen local churches be more active in their communities during lockdown and 76% of Australians agree the churches in their 
local area are making a positive difference to their community, which is incredibly encouraging because that is Australians overall, that's not just Christians that have identified that the church is making a difference. But I think as we really zone in on this uh, return to local and the need for relational health and investment and even our, our mental health and the reflection and um, those pause moments that the rhythms of, of church life and relationship with God can create, the church is so uniquely positioned in so many local communities around Australia to become a, a safe house, uh, which is really what it's always been, but to almost reestablish their identity as a safe place for people to come, that they will help them um, not just spiritually but also emotionally and practically as well when we talk about the way things become more localized uh, you're mentioning there that people are seeing the the church in a positive light which uh, for some they're going to be thinking oh really I'm thinking the church is being seen in a bad light but there's research now showing that people agree that church is making a positive difference in the community because these relational connections happen locally uh, that mm. means something, doesn't it? Not only for the thought of evangelism that we often will have in church life, but also the way that the church can support a hurting community. And uh, is there a, is there an area here we need to be brushing up on and uh, uh, fine-tuning our skills? And for listeners today, uh, volunteering to be involved in areas that you can be a support for people who are hurting in the community. Yes, definitely. I think one of the things that I've observed as we've researched faith and church and engagement over a number of years is that there is a a real, um, I guess, friction or turn off to the institution of the church. So if you talk about church broadly and, and religion, people people can arc up or, or, or feel like that is um, having a negative impact or, or, or is not great. But when you speak local, when you speak the Christians that you know personally, the experience with that is always very positive. And I think it's really, as a church, time to lean into those local connections, those authentic connections, and actually go the bold and to do the invitation. Because we, we actually asked Australians, we said, if you were invited personally by a friend or family member to attend a church service, either online or in person, how likely is it that you would attend? And we saw that uh, two-thirds of Australians would be likely to attend if they were personally invited. So where the invitation is personal, where it's intentional and where there is relationship, that's where we can really start to see things shift. Wonderful stuff. Let's take another call. Phil is in Western Australia. Hi, Phil. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Well, Phil, what are your thoughts for our conversation? Yes, I'd... I'm very interested listening listening to Jade, and uh, I've got to um, echo what she's been saying too. But um, um, yes, I've been um, at a church, and uh, and I've seen that church actually struggling um, at this point of time, and a number of members leaving, and uh, yeah, it was struggling. And um, but also, it's um, and, and, and incidentally, I did. Uh, I was one that uh, went from that church because of certain reasons. But the thing was, I felt God say, move to another church, and I did. And God has blessed me so much in this this other church. Um, it's a bit bigger, but it's it was uh, helping me to uh, be able to work uh, uh, more with my own 
issues and also with my relationship with God. And it's helped me to to get up there and and and, and with the encouragement that I've uh, I've got from the, the people there in that church to help me through uh, my situation and uh, as well. But they're very encouraging, and that that church is actually my new church. Is uh, what I'm going to is actually really really alive and really good and they've um it's quite amazing how if they've it's going and uh, but also like jade herself i've uh, i've been suffering from uh, or i've been have to have to go through a, a marriage breakdown and i'm facing divorce so but the thing is god's um encouraging me through a church and and uh and that so which is wonderful but um and obviously i'm still praying for the, uh, the stuff that's not probably so good. I'm hoping that uh, God will continue to guide and lead and to, to renew in those those things that aren't so good at Phil, this time. So. Uh, trusting that God can bring a, a real uh, change, meaning, and a positive foundation back into your life as you're going through uh, that uh, the trial that you've gone through. But do you mind if I ask, was your change in church uh, did that happen during uh, the pandemic time over this past 18 months? Yes, I only changed the beginning of this year, actually. Um, and uh, But during the time of the pandemic and that, like last year, uh, is when uh, things changed in the other church. But uh, uh, Phil, uh, but, yeah, I won't I, be able to hear a, a whole lot more of the detail there, but I, because we're running out of time, I need to get uh, to ask Sophie something very important here, uh, that when there is awakening... Uh, is moving around a church something that uh, happens? Uh, does the research show anything like that, uh, that, uh, that people seek change from one environment to another because they perceive that the grass is greener on the other side and that they are looking for a different spiritual experience? Sophie, does the research shed any light here? Uh, that's actually not a topic that we explored in our study, but I think, um, you know, that phrase, the grass is always greener where you water it. Um, so there is that sense for being um, planted in a, in a space where you know that you've been called to, but I think there's something very profound and, and absolutely essential in life for obedience and we need to go where, where God calls us and God plants us and God uses people at different points in our lives to uh, help us on that direction and, and I think one of the things that's really beautiful about the church is that it's not a building but it is a group of people. It's a community that does life together in the highs and the lows and can help uh, people through every, every situation and any journey that they're facing. Phil in WA, thank you for a very good uh, input on today's uh, talkback question, but uh, appreciate you being part of that. It really does shed some light, doesn't it? Because uh, we'd like to see uh, people planted and prospering in their local church and seeing things through thick and thin. That's not always the case. And there's been such disruption in some states more particularly, and talking about New South Wales and Victoria more specifically, uh, around churches and some churches have been very hard hit and found it very difficult to hold things together others have pivoted uh, others have perhaps taken more risks and uh, and had the expertise and had the technology to be able to keep in close contact and to be touching uh, people's hearts and lives where they're at at the time so uh, is there some sort of insight we could bring here as we tie some loose ends together uh, if awakening is happening in Australia here Sophie what about the church 
uh, people have got a positive impression of the local church. Uh, what do we do to move on from here? Do we take advantage of opportunities in evangelism? Does this mean that this is a time for church planting? Uh, is this a time for people listening to our conversation? They might just uproots and go somewhere else. I mean, I don't want to encourage that, but is this the sort of thing that might happen in times ahead? Mm, yeah, great question. I think in this time, we always want to prioritize obedience to God. Um, so we go where we're called and where we're led and we get advice and, and people can help us make those decisions with wisdom. I think as churches, there is a significant moment that we, with with change in the air, that you can almost reinvent uh, what you've done. But I think the, the key to keep in mind is to always stick with why. Why do we do an action? Why do we run a service this way? Or why are we doing online? It's to reach people, it's to invite people in to be part of a community that connects them to Jesus. So whatever method it is that can accomplish that, I think it's a great time to experiment and try some new things to to achieve that. Well, Sophie, we have run out of time, but there'll be listeners who would love to be able to read a little more deeply the research that you've been the author of. Uh, is there a name for the uh, to the research that we've been looking at today, and can people access that at the McCrindle website? Yes, so the report we've been discussing today is the Australia's Changing Spiritual Climate Report and they can actually grab that from cityandfield.com which is where we house our resources and research that speaks into faith in the spiritual realm cityandfield.com is uh, so that's a that's a website where you can access the report we're talking about today cityandfield.com and uh, the McCrindle website uh, for listeners wanting to connect with Sophie mcrindle.com.au Sophie wonderful getting your insights today uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, for sharing those with us I think you've sparked a lot of thought I think you might have sparked a little bit of planning in local communities and you might have turned around some thoughts about uh, attitudes to how people are seeing the local church in light of the COVID pandemic. So thank you so much for taking time to share those things with us today on 2020. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 